first Sunday of the year, uh, you're expecting a little ear tickling about forgetting those things that are behind and pressing forward and forth. And that's good, but that's not my message. <laughs> that's not my message. Turn with me to Luke chapter 16. And uh, we'll be giving that verse 19. And when you get there, you'll see what my message is. This will probably be the most unpopular topic that I could have chosen today uh, to preach on. Uh, rich man, Lazarus. We don't. Uh, in my opinion, we don't hear enough sermons on hell. Uh, we like to preach on heaven, and I mean that—that's what I prefer. But there's also hell. I know this is 2021, but it hasn't gone anywhere. It hasn't changed. Still real. And I believe that we as a church, and I, I don't mean just this local body, I mean the church all over, uh, we have got comfortable. Uh, it's all right for comfort. I love comfort. I'm glad that we got air conditioning, and when it's cold, I'm glad we got heat. I'm glad we have a building that we can come to. I appreciate even the songbooks. Uh, I'm thankful for the musicians, the piano, the guitars, and the organ. I'm grateful for all those things. I'm grateful that you have a good-looking pastor. I had to check to if you were away. <laughs> but uh, I'm, what I'm saying is that comfort is good, but we should not get comfortable. Spiritually speaking, and I believe that we have arrived. Uh, in verse 19, it says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. You ever wonder why the name of the beggar was, was listed here, but the name of the rich man was not? Uh, I don't, you, you can't take this to the bank, but I am reminded that uh, certain people, unbelievers, their names are not in the Lamb's Book of Life. And there will come a time when people will say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this and do that in your name? And he said, I will profess unto them, I never knew you. And so when I see that the rich man is not listed here, it just reminds me of that fact that one day uh, some will not be known by the Lord. He said, I never knew you. He was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Listen, I'm glad I live in America. I don't like everything that's going on in America, especially right now, but I'm glad that 
And, and we don't have a problem at the border with people trying to get out of America <laughs> and go south. I know there are many people in California that's going south right now to get out from under the uh, governor that they have there who's got everything shut down. Uh, you know, you can't do anything. Uh, and so a lot of them are going into Mexico, but I don't see anybody leaving Key West on a homemade raft to go to Cuba. <laughs> you know, it's the other way around. People are trying to get to America because they love our freedoms. And, and some of the politicians say, we are the most hated people in the world. Well, hope to do. I don't care. You know, why we're hated, not by the people, but by the various governments, is because we do have freedom. We don't have somebody over us to rule us, uh, to tell us what we can do and can't do. And, uh, you know, it, we, have, we have rules, of course. We have the Constitution of the United States to govern us. But I'm glad I live in America. Most of us, you know, I don't, and I've never been to a lot of your homes, but whatever you live in, I don't care. You have a better home than Nebuchadnezzar had when he ruled the world. You have living, uh, running water. You have indoor plumbing. He didn't. <laughs> and I know we eat better. I can tell the look at us. <laughs> that we eat better than a lot of people that are in the world. And if I had to trade places with either one of the, these men in this life, in this life, I would rather trade places with that rich man who fared sumptuously every day. I don't like to get hungry. Uh, they asked me at the hospital last time I was in, are you allergic to anything? I said two things, work and hunger. <laughs> <laughs> I like either one of them, I'm allergic to them. And so, uh, and I'm glad that I was born in a family, a God-fearing family, where my dad saw to it that we were in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And any other night that the doors were open, we were there. Didn't you go to school? Yeah. I went to school. And maybe I lost some sleep while we were at church. But, you know, I learned that you can put your head down on the desk and sleep in class. <laughs> at school. Catch up. You need to. Uh, boys and girls that are in school, that's not a good idea. <laughs> but anyway, I would rather trade places in this life with that man who fared sumptuously. But then we have Lazarus, which was laid at his gate. Now, the Bible don't tell us a whole lot about Lazarus. It says he laid it at his gate. Uh, does that mean he was crippled and couldn't walk? Well, we don't know. Does that mean that he was so sick and so hungry uh, he was full of sores. We don't know what was wrong with him. By the way, this is not a parable. This is a this is a literal true story. Uh, we don't we don't know what was wrong, but for some reason they laid him. Somebody took him and laid him 
daily at the uh, rich man's gate. And it says he desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Uh, I'm supposing that and using my imagination that this rich man had dogs because it said the dogs came and licked Lazarus' sores. Uh, so whatever scraps was left from the rich man's table, the dogs got it. But this, this rich man, uh, or Lazarus rather, this poor man, this beggar, desired and hoped that his dogs wouldn't eat everything so that he could get something to eat. You know, I said I'm glad I live in America. I'm glad I live out here in this area, this open country. Because I've been to the big cities and I've seen people digging in dumpsters trying to find something to eat. And maybe I'm crazy, but I have, I have said that, especially here in Florida, there is no excuse for anybody going hungry. Because you can get a fishing pole and you can rig it up and you can go over here to Lake Crescent or any of these streams around and catch you some catfish. And uh, even if you don't have grits to go with, you can eat catfish. You can eat brim or panfish. And, and every one of these streams and lakes and rivers has fish in them. And that's good eating. Amen. That's right. But, and I'm not saying they're all lazy, but that could be a part of it with some of them. But Lazarus was laid at his gate, so there was something wrong with him. His, the dogs came and licked his sores, and I'm a pet lover, but I don't want a dog licking me, especially in the face. Because I've watched them, I have seen. <laughs> I have seen some things that dogs lick. <laughs> Don't you put your tongue on me. <laughs> And don't think that I, because I've had I don't have any now. The last two we had we had put down, and it's like losing a family member. So I don't want it anymore. I don't have to go through that again. It won't work, Howard. <laughs> but listen to this. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. That's paradise. Now, on the, the, the television today, the televangelist would say there's no way that that man is saved because he was not prosperous. He wasn't rich. And then another one would say, well, he must not have been saved because God didn't heal him. But God did the best thing that he could ever have done for Lazarus. When he died, he carried him Amen. to Abraham's bosom. He carried him to paradise. 
The rich man also died and was buried. Now you notice it didn't say Lazarus was buried, but it does this rich man, and to me that means he had an extravagant funeral. That those who stood to speak and the minister probably said, well now you know he is in heaven because he was such a good man. He gave to to folks. He supported our athletes. He supported uh, charities, different charities. He fed people. He didn't do anything for Lazarus. You know, we have churches today, and, and I'm not condemning this. I'm not condemning anybody. Uh, in fact, I would praise them that feeds the homeless. But listen, if all we do is feed the homeless and not tell them about Jesus, not give them the gospel, we haven't done a thing. Amen. We're sending them to hell on a full stomach. That's right. That's right. He died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes. Oh, Brother Howard, uh, you know, we don't believe that. that. That word hell, it's really translated Sheol. Or uh, the other one. <laughs> but listen, I'm not Greek. I'm English. <laughs> and those... King James translators, they were more educated than you and I are today. I guarantee you they were. They studied the Bible every hour that they were awake. And they translated it into English, hell. And so I'm not going to untranslate it. He lifted up his eyes in hell. Being in torments. Being. Being. He was being when he was here on earth. And when he died and went to hell, he was not annihilated. He was still being. Being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom. He saw Abraham and he, he knew more when he got to hell than he ever knew on earth. Because Abraham had been gone for many years. He'd never seen Abraham. But when he saw him in hell, he knew who he was. And he recognized uh, Lazarus in his bosom. <coughs> And he cried, Father Abraham. This was a child or a descendant of Abraham. Abraham was the man that God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a temple. I'm giving you and your descendants the law. You're a special people. You're a called people. You're my chosen people. He didn't promise that to anybody else. And this was one of his sons. He called him Father Abraham. Let me tell you, if you're here today and you're lost, the faith of your grandma or your grandpa won't help you. The faith of your father won't help you. 
You have to decide for Jesus individually. This man was a child of Abraham or a descendant of Abraham, but it didn't help him. And he saw him and he cried, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. I wonder where he got the idea of mercy. And I thought, you know, there was probably, he probably heard it from Lazarus many times, saying, oh, rich man, have mercy on me. Oh, rich man that has plenty to eat, have mercy on me and give me something to eat. Oh, rich man that has nice clothes, uh, uh, give me something clean that I can wear. Oh, rich man that has a nice bed, clean bed to lay in, give me something clean that I can enjoy it also. Have mercy. And then he said, dip the tip of his finger in water. He didn't say, Father Abraham, allow Lazarus to bring me a bottle of water. He didn't want a bottle. He didn't want a foot tub full of water. All he wanted, he said, this would help. I am tormented in this flame. And if he would just dip the tip of his finger, it would cool my tongue. Brother, that's bad. That's hot. Cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in thy lifetime thy receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus the evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. He's comforted, but you're tormented. I'm glad that this old world that we live in is not our home. We're just passing through. And I don't know what you're going through in this life, but, but I know there's something better coming. There's a life beyond this life, and if you know Christ is your Savior, you're going to be comforted in that new home. You're going to have a new body. You know, without having to work out, <laughs> you can rest and still have a new body, a glorified body that don't require all of that exercise. And beside all this, between us and you, there's great gulf fix, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then said I, then he said, then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them. You ever heard someone say, boy, I want to go to hell because that's where all my friends are? I'm telling you, you won't have a friend in hell. They would probably be angry at you and blame you for them being there. And you could blame them. Well, if you'd have been better, if you'd have straightened your life up, I probably would have followed you. 
you sorry, no good for nothing. You wasn't my friend. That's the way they would feel. But here, this man was in hell and he was saying, I don't want my friends here. I don't want my family here. I don't want my brothers here. Send him to my father's house lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. What was he saying? They have Moses. Moses was dead. But the words that the Holy Spirit wrote through Moses was written down. The first five books of our Bible were Moses. And then the prophets, all of the words that they wrote down that the Holy Spirit gave them to write. In other words, he was saying they have the Word of God. When you and I are commissioned to do what? Preach the Word. Be instant in season. Out of season. When people don't like it, be instant. When they do like it, preach the Word. When they don't like it, preach the Word. Amen. Now we have so many today that will do a, do a survey to see how people feel about certain things. And then they will preach accordingly. <laughs> they're going to have to answer That's right. God one day. If they're saved, they're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And I'm afraid that many of us are going to be standing in a heap of ashes when the trial is over with. But I would hate to know that some sinner went to hell because I did not preach the word. Right? Amen. They have Moses and the prophets let them hear him. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went up to them from the dead, they will repent. you know, as I said, you're commissioned to preach the word, and I am too. We're commissioned to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We're commissioned to be witnesses unto him. Did you know that if you're saved, you have been resurrected from the dead? Right. Ephesians 2, 1 says, and you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sin. You were dead when you came to the Lord. And He made you alive. He resurrected you from the dead. And so you can go as a witness to those who are dead and say, hey, hey let me tell you what Jesus did for me. I was dead in trespasses and in sin. And He quickened me. He gave me life like I had never known before. He has blessed me in ways that I cannot describe to you. He's given me a joy in my heart 
So smile every once in a while. Let them know. Let them see that there's some joy, joy there. Don't don't walk around complaining all the time as if you know you all you've had to eat is you've just been sucking sour oranges <laughs> or you were weaned on a dill pickle. <laughs> But he said, go to them. Tell them. He said, if one went them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, if they hear not Moses and the prophet, neither will they be persuaded, though one went from the dead. You and I have the word of God. Let me ask you, can you give that word to somebody? Can you give the written word? Can you give someone the spoken word? Can you put a bumper sticker on your car? <laughs> or could you even stand on the side of the road with a sign? With that written word, there's a lot of ways that you can give people the word. You can give it to them through the life that you live, but they still need that spoken word, that written word of God. I heard a story once, and I'm closing with this, about a lady, 21 years old, that was laying in a hospital or a deathbed, dying of cancer. I'm walking down, that don't mean I'm through. <laughs> <laughs> she was lying in that, in that bed, dying of cancer. She was already in a coma. Her family was there, and some friends, and her pastor was there, and they were just basically waiting on her to die. And then all of a sudden, the, the silence was broken by the, uh, an announcement on the PA system saying that this lady has a phone call. And they thought, well now, anybody that knows her wouldn't be calling here for her to come to the phone. So the pastor went down and the lady gave him a note and said, this is a message that the person left. Just hang on a minute. Your ride is on the way. Right on. They never did know who, who the caller was. But in two or three minutes, the lady went home to be with the Lord. She was a child of God, Christian. I just imagine that that old ship of mine just pulled up alongside her hospital bed and said, Get on board. We're going home. I want to tell you, our ride is on the way. Your ride is on the way. No matter how old you are, how young you are, that could happen any time. We don't know when that ship is going to pull up alongside of our life and say, just come on. Come on, we're going home. 
what are we doing in the meantime? Are we going to do like some of the early church? They they caught wind of that doctrine of the second coming, and so they said, "Well, let's just sit down and wait on it." I'm afraid that's what we do. Let's just sit down and wait on it. No. If God called you home today and there's somebody in your life that the Lord wants you to witness to, wants you to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, and you haven't done it, you're going home one day. Your life is going to end one day and it'll be too late to witness to anybody. I don't know how many, how many people that I've done funerals for. Some of them I went to school with. And I've told you before, it kind of haunted me sometime when I wasn't sure where they were. And I think back to the time that when we were in school, and I was an old backslidden Christian boy, but it's carnal. I never talked to them about the Lord. The family said, would you do the funeral? Boy, that's, that's, that's a hard thing to do, to do a funeral when all of the information that you have says they're not saved. All you can do is forget them and remember Jesus. <coughs> Remember that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man can come to the Father, but by him you preach to those that are out there. People don't like that. People say, don't do that at a funeral. The Bible says, go ahead and do it. The Lord says, go ahead and do it. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke. Let me ask you something. Has God spoken to your heart today? Do you need to come to this altar and get something right in your life? Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit that when you leave these doors and go out there to a lost and dying world that you will carry the gospel with you boldly that you will witness to those around you boldly. Some of you have people in your own family that need your witness, need your testimony, needs the Word of God. And out there, I said last week, go to the Crescent City Mall <laughs> with the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Just tell those <coughs> that wait on you in a restaurant, in the stores, the little checkout girl, give them a track. And this, you know, we put that track rack back there. I think over a year ago, you know how many times we have had to refill it? None. None. Not a bit. The tracks are still there. And we look at the outside cover of them every week. But we're not passing them out. They have the written word of God in them. They have the plan of salvation. Why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we witnessing? And you know, all churches are the same. You see a few come and be saved and 
but not like what we would like to. I suppose there's not even as many as the Lord would like to see coming to Him. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. Hell is still real. That rich man is still there. Paradise don't exist anymore because when Jesus ascended, He led captivity captive. He took them on to heaven. But hell is still there. Hadn't changed a bit. That rich man is still wanting that one drop of water to cool his tongue. He's still tormented there. Don't you let, I know Jehovah Witness don't believe it, Mormons don't believe it, Jesus believed it. That's right. I believe it. And I believe that most people believe it. Some of them who say they don't believe it just hoping that there's not a hell. There is a hell. It's real, it's literal. Those that are there in hell will one day come out, yeah, and stand before the great white throne judgment, not to escape hell, but to be cast into the lake of fire. And that's even worse. We're going to stand and sing an imitation hymn. The Lord has spoken to your heart, especially if you're here today and you've never trusted Him as your Savior. Don't, don't let another day go by. And it's not justice and escape from hell. It, it includes that. But just to be a child of God in this life, if there were no eternity, if there was nothing after death, it's worth it to be a child of God even without any future. Because I enjoy serving Him right here in this life. I'm glad that when I pray, I know there's somebody listening. I'm glad that when I, when I praise Him, that He's there enjoying that praise and worshiping Him. I'm glad that He supplies all of our needs. I'm glad that He never leaves us and never forsakes us, no matter what. Your friends might walk out on you, but Jesus wouldn't. He's there always. It's worth it to be a child of God, but there is something else out there. I don't expect to be annihilated. I, I like what Paul said. He said, after this, after this, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me in that day, and not me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. We don't have a lot of time. Jesus is coming. And if he don't come before one day, you're going to get a call that says, just hang on, your ride's on the way. Why don't you just ask God to use, use you today? Did he put his hand on you and say, I don't have the power. You can read. Go walk up to somebody and just read the word to them. I don't have the nerve. Ask him to give you the nerve. Ask him to fill you and to use you in 2021 in a greater way than you have allowed him to use you in 2020. All right.
hush. Let's stand and we'll sing that again. Hymn number 